studio in Bonneville International, it's Thursday night with John Otney, Colin Westman, musical guest Matt Carstens, and your host, Sean Lemmy. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Lemmy! Oh, wow. So great to be here, guys. Oh, it's been a hell of a two weeks since we last did this podcast with me as the host. And I gotta say, I don't even feel like a guest, especially since I had to introduce myself. The best kind of guest. Um. So, yeah, I'm so sorry we didn't do a podcast last week. You know, things happen. Is that common? Is that time of the year when, when things are changing? But I think our one before was so long that it kind of made up for it, right? Sure. I'm sure it took people two weeks to finish it. I hope so. That'd be nice. You know those people, <laughs> quotation marks. Huge audience. So yeah, it's it's fall now. The uh, the season's starting to change and. We're here to talk about Saturday Night Live because I guess their season's probably starting pretty soon. I mean, we've had a, a lot of the we've had both the the Democratic and the Republican national uh, conventions, so political season's kicking off, and SNL loves to take on that. Yeah, that always gives you reason to watch, even if you don't watch it that often. If there's you know a, a, an election coming up, you know they're gonna they're gonna pull out the big guns. Hopefully, at least the last election. SNL was like the show to watch, so hopefully they got something. I don't know who's gonna play Mitt Romney or anything. That's right, because Sudeikis is gone. Yeah, I've seen Jimmy Fallon play a great Mitt Romney on his show, so hopefully they like bring him in because he's that good. I really think they should get Jimmy Fallon to do it. So I look forward to that sort of. Uh, do you guys? So how do you guys feel about SNL these days? Do you guys still watch? Not really. I feel like sometimes I'll hear about like a clip on the internet, and they're like, "Oh, you should see this sketch," and I watch it. And that's about it. I, I haven't watched a full episode in a while. Well, I, I mean, I keep tabs on. It. I probably check in every week, but I don't. I never. I very rarely watch an entire episode, ninety minutes of so-so comedy. But even in these more recent years, every once in a while, there's, there's something pops up uh, from our favorite cast members, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about cast members and our favorite. SNL cast members of all time. Yeah, and it, that's the important phrase is cast member. Uh, we're, we're talking about these people when they were on SNL. Obviously, a, a lot of great uh, comedians and performers got their start on Saturday Night Live or, or first became big on Saturday Night Live but then went on to kind of become a, a totally different thing. Uh, and so we, ha- we actually have a bunch of people on, on this list who have already been bumped because we like them, but we like them more for the things they do outside of SNL. Uh, I'm talking about people like like Amy Poehler and uh, and Tina Fey, who both had successful shows on NBC. Uh, but I don't think either of them was really that great on on SNL. I mean, Tina Fey, she was a writer, so it's you don't really even think of her as an actress, except she did you know the great Sarah Palin stuff we were talking about. Yeah, but that was after she was on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess they had their their moments. It just the particular sketches they were in didn't. Just, I don't know. They didn't do anything for me. 
I, I you know, I, I don't want to think that's like some sort of female comedy bias on SNL, but uh, we're not going to be talking about a lot of women tonight. Yeah, I think all, <laughs> all the women on our list already got bumped uh, just because we couldn't think of much for Gilda Radner or, or Jane Curtin just because we're, we're young people who don't have. Yeah. What I've seen of them I've liked yeah. more, more than, say, Amy Poehler or, or even Kristen Wiig. I think they held their own. With with those big guns from the early years, it seems like. Yeah, it was kind of a different show. I mean, looking back at the, at those sketches, uh, the SNL I grew up with, the the nineties SNL, that was a lot about wacky characters and more heavy on impressions, even. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Who else do we got in the honorable mention category? We got Horatio Sands. I've always had a soft spot for. I don't know that he's like that great. Yeah, he like he's not even that good. It's just he's he just looks like you want to be his best friend, you know. Yeah, Such he's, a great he's probably on like one of the worst eras of SNL, <laughs> but he was my favorite during that period of time, uh, just for his energy and enthusiasm. I guess he's he's a funny fat guy. He's good at it. He's great, Rico Suave. Bobby Moynihan. Yeah, he's not living up to the ratio Sands potential. That's unfortunate. We got John Lovitz too, who had he definitely had his moments with his "That's the Ticket" guy and acting master. He master had more. Thespian. He had more than one catchphrase. Master Thespian is great. Yeah, especially I, when they brought him back for those subway commercials. I think we just <laughs> took John Lovitz off the list because Matt, you don't like him at all. <laughs> I, I didn't know that you were going to take him off just because I hate him so much. That's good enough for me. I don't think anyone is a passionate fan of John Lovitz. I feel like John always is. I'm always like, I hate John Lovitz. And He's master things. <laughs> I guess the Subway commercials are okay. Yeah, Subway commercials from like 2003 <laughs> or whenever that was. Another one we don't even have an honorable mention, but how do you guys feel about Adam Sandler? He's a big SNL guy that's not, not even, we're not going to be talking about. I mean, I feel like some criticism I've heard is that his characters are so one note, and I never really thought about it. Opera man, canteen boy, pretty much. <laughs> he has a lot of funny voices, I guess. Uh, but I guess he's just one of those ones that uh, found more success afterwards. He just had his moments on the show. They were really dumb moments. It doesn't help that we're especially down on Adam Sandler right now. That seems pretty harsh. Like, I feel like he was a pretty good. He had guess. some good, some good music stuff he did, definitely. Like the Hanukkah song or the Lunch Lady song. Thanksgiving song. <laughs> it's funny. He's almost like the Jimmy Fallon of that time because he, he's definitely like there's a bunch of sketches where he's on the, the brink of cracking up, especially if he's with like Chris Farley. <laughs> I, though, I mean, how can you not laugh when you're around Chris Farley, I guess? You just made Jimmy Fallon really sad. <laughs> yeah, because Jimmy Fallon didn't have a breakout movie career after SNL. I mean, he's he's got his talk show. Of questionable quality. I don't know. I don't watch it too often. So let's just jump right into the list with Bill Hader. Is he the only person on our list who's still on the show? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Clock's winding down, America. It's the fourth quarter, and there's no timeouts left. How do I know? My pants get higher every quarter. If it's the fourth quarter in America, that means it's overtime in China, and they got a billion people on their team. Plus, they own half our stadium. 
how'd they get so far ahead? Because they work hard. They're not all sitting at home stroking it to some GoDaddy.com commercial. They're busy making the jazzies that you ride around Disney World because you're too fat to walk. But good news, America, we got something they don't. Chryslers. We're gonna drive them all over their damn field. Hey, Wang Chung, I hope you like eating tire because if a Chrysler hits you, it'll kill you. And again, I don't care who's driving. Though I know it won't be Gingrich, because his fat head won't even fit in the car. This is an ad for Chrysler, right? Think again. It's for Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. And that's Bill Hader doing Clint Eastwood, which is one of his more recent impressions, which I am really into. And I really look forward to seeing if they're going to do anything with Clint Eastwood talking to a chair when, when SNL comes back. You know they got to do something like that. But I think why Bill Hader is one of my uh, favorite cast members of recent years. One is his impressions. Not that they're really, really good or anything. It's more that he just takes them these so ridiculous levels. Like, he, he does such great voices, like hilarious voices for all his characters. He's got a great voice, for one thing. I also like the fact that he does impressions that no one else has even tried, like John Malkovich. Yeah. Like, who, who has such a strange voice and, like, vocal delivery, but no one even ever thought of doing an impression of him. I mean, he's a great James Carville. I mean, of course, that's a pretty animated guy. Um, his Vincent Price, which is weird because it's like Vincent Price. That's not who remotely are re- <laughs> Vincent Price. It's not like a great impression either, but it's so funny. It's got a really good Lawrence Alan Alda Welk. too. <laughs> I think Fred Armisen does Lawrence Welk. Oh, is that for? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then we're earlier we're just watching his uh, Keith Morrison Dateline character, which is totally bizarre. Um, he's got some of his own original characters that aren't as great because I don't think the, the the quality of the writing has been as great in the past couple of years but he still gives it his all he's got a real funny face too that I think that helps for a lot of his a lot of his characters and uh, and stuff like that so much so that I've always said like oh I think he's too weird like weird looking to have a career after SNL which is mean because he's not like really weird looking to just I don't know I it's hard for me to imagine him after SNL um, I don't know. I've liked him in all the movie. Parts I guess so. Yeah. I just guess just not as a starring man. It's hard for me to see because I, I just see him as all these characters. I guess he. I guess if he come, comes up with a great character that he could do in a movie, then but that it doesn't pretty... seem like he does characters in the movies he's in. He just plays this kind of deadpan thing. Kind of reminds me of Dan Aykroyd in a way. Yeah, I can see that because his off-screen persona is very deadpan, and yet when he was doing the sketch comedy, he could actually go into all these different characters and voices and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's just a lot of fun to watch. You know, it, it, it's funny. Have you ever seen uh, those... Uh, he does this recurring character on a weekend update called Stefan, who does, like, fashion mm-hmm. like kind of hotspots. It's not like... It's such a ridiculous sketch. It's not, like, really funny, but he almost cracks up every single time he does it because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. And it's just so much fun to watch him do that and some of these weird characters because his characters are definitely the weirdest I mean maybe actually I don't even know about that but there's there's some of the weirder ones on modern SNL and I'm really glad that he's still uh, on there right now because they lost a lot of people so it's interesting to see where the show's going to go it makes it seem like they went through some tragedy, some tragedy. <laughs> they, lost they lost so many them. people lost a lot of good men back there it was like that we are Marshall thing okay. no, no joking about that though no. I don't know if Bill Hader is uh 
is top Daniel, but it's nice to mention someone who's a little more recent that we actually like, considering I don't like the show that much anymore. It's weird that there's that one thing that I can be like, oh, yeah, I'll tune in just see what he does. Because he never lets me down in a sketch, at least, you know, his little bit. Yeah, he's a good guy. So like the next guy, another Bill, Bill Murray. Ah, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, give me the Star Wars. What's the context of this? He's a lounge singer, and he sings really, he has bizarre choices for his songs, if I recall. I don't know. It's just funny. He's not really singing anything uh, like about Star Wars, he's just kind of singing the title. Bill Murray's kind of a tricky one because we really love his post-SNL career. Um, I didn't, I haven't seen as much of his SNL stuff as I'd have liked to. Like, it's hard to think of like characters he had. Yeah, I think that's the trick with Bill Murray is he was one of those guys who, you know, was a reliable, you know, part of a sketch, but not necessarily the star of a lot of sketches. At least that I've seen. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's it's also tricky because. You know, his episodes were, you know, 20 years before we started watching SNL. So it's, it's hard, you know, only the really, really great sketches are the ones that were brought to our attention. Otherwise, you have to really search out for that stuff. It's not like they're putting together a Best of Bill Murray compilation like they do with, I don't know. I think he does have a Best of. Dana Cart. Really? I think so. He was only on the show for like four seasons. Is that so, enough? That's fine. <laughs> Well, well, he, I think he had a competent job. He had big shoes to fill. He had to, you know, Chevy replace Chase. Chevy Chase, and I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, looking back, people are probably like, "Oh man, he's not going to be you know, like Chevy Chase." And then look where their careers have taken them now. I think Chevy Chase, you know, gets work, but uh, Bill Murray, man, he's a comedy icon now. Yeah, he doesn't have Fletch. And you did see, you did see shimmer like little glimmers of his, of his kind of wise ass character, sprinkled in SNL here and there. Mm-hmm. He could play a wide range of characters. But I don't know if he's as good. I feel like he's better at being Bill Murray than trying to do the sketch thing where you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. He's a little more low-key, actually. Yeah. Maybe, except when he kind of does like a, like a retarded kind of voice. He does like a little bit sometimes. Like kind of basically like his Caddyshack kind of voice, which I've yeah. seen him like use in other things. But aside from that, yeah. It's weird to think that he was in sketch television like now. It is. <laughs> really? Guy from Lost in Translation? Yeah. I was going to go with Osmosis Jones, but... No, that would make more sense. That would make more sense, yeah. But it didn't make sense to the world. Got to see that in science class. Uh, So Bill Murray on the list, off the list? I don't know. He probably I think won't. we'll probably just wait till the end to do the list, right? Cause we, yeah. we really narrowed you. this down. <laughs> so, yeah. We only got 13. The pre-bumps. So let's just wait till till we go through everybody, I guess. Speaking of wait, how about funny fat man Chris Farley? Sir, do you realize that you are not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? I said you're drinking Colombian decaf coffee crystals. What? You son of a bitch! You no good damn 
I remember someone had a best of Chris Farley. I did. I had this on tape, the best of Chris Farley. I watched this all the time. Ah, I feel like, I feel I like we watched it at one of my birthday parties, oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris Farley, especially, kids can enjoy because he's just this ball of rage. It's, it's a very broad type of humor, but it's. I think it's still it's really funny. It's very physical. It's very emotional. Like, I can't think of – it's hard to think of Chris Farley's sketches where it doesn't, at, like, erupt into him either screaming <laughs> – well, basically just screaming, Basically yeah. just screaming. Or just like some sort of nervous wreck. Though he did play like a good low-key idiot sometimes, too. I remember he did this, the Chris Farley Chris show Farley sketches show, yeah. where he'd uh, interview famous people and he'd be real nervous. You know, he'd ask them bizarre questions or just like, hey, you know, Jeff, Jeff Daniels, remember, you know, that part of Purple Rose of Cairo when you came off the screen and you talked talk to me, Farrah? Y- yeah, what about it? Uh, that, that was awesome. <laughs> Hey, Paul McCarty, remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, it's just, uh, he, he's the lovable dope. Oof. And that was oaf. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm looking for. And then, you know, there's the angry stuff. Like, uh, what's his name? The guy who Matt lives. Foley. Matt Foley. Living in a van down by the river. <laughs> he breaks the table. Yeah, like yeah, he's uh, he came over to give. I remember the most memorable one is he coming over to give these kids, like I can't remember if they were doing drugs or something, but you know, a motivational speech. And one of the kids, which is David Spade, wants to be uh, a writer. Oh, mom, is that Bill Shakespeare over there? <laughs> he's like, gonna, he like picks him up, rattle some cages. He always ends up either going through their window or crashing on the table <laughs> or both. He destroys so much scenery in all of his sketches. Like the one we played, uh, yeah, hidden <laughs> just camera one. Classic, you physical physical comedian. I mean, probably one of my favorite Chris, or you know, my favorite Chris Farley sketch is probably still the Chippendales Chip dancer one with <laughs> him and Patrick Swayze, and he's just out there with you know all his, his fat gut hanging out and he's dancing. He's actually moving around pretty good. Does a cartwheel. That's that's a key to comedy is being an agile fat guy. If you can do that, you got a maid. <laughs> And then, you know, being willing to, to go out there and just do anything, he was always on. Which Maybe. makes it kind of weird for a show like SNL, which is so much about the ensemble. It's like every time he shows up, it's like, oh, it's Chris Farley. He you kind know, of takes center stage. Yeah, that's stage. true. He never seemed to, like, play a part, like, in the sketch. He's, it's always – the sketch is focused around him if he's in it, you know? It's hard for him to just be, like, a side character almost because yeah. he's so just over the top and kooky. Uh, you know, it's just uh, a shame. Know. He I did mean, all right in the uh, the Brock Toon sketch. Brock Toon, Mr. Belvedere fan club sketch. Yeah, he still had the most lines. Oh, but that's after Tom Hanks and that though. <laughs> just stumble around. There he's playing the oaf. Uh, Mr. Belvedere, I like him a lot. So maybe we should kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's funny to think that yeah, he's on SNL too because I can't imagine he had a wide range of like characters or even impressions. I don't think he could do any impressions. I already did Meatloaf once. It wasn't very, it didn't make any sense. didn't really work. He did Tom Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Or his wigs falling off. (laughs) He's like taking down his pants. (laughs) Showing a butt, like uh, like his tattoo on his butt. Yeah. This is not our butts. Like he's trying to show where the tattoo is. This is not, he's like taking his pants out. I think he did a great impression of El Nino. It's a phenomenal job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but he was just great at playing himself. 
Which is kind of rare when you think about it. There aren't that many great SNL performances that are just be themselves. That's more of like a you know a thing for stand-up comedians, not really sketch comics. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy to think that he could play that kind of character in more than one sketch. But they found yeah. found ways because I know he didn't like write anything ever, really. <laughs> it's too bad he could never really make a went on yeah i never even got to see if like can he like is he like a good actor or anything like i don't even know <laughs> it's hard to tell mm. he's okay he's funny definitely uh he could have he probably could have had an, a reasonable career in movies you know he was gonna he was shrek and he recorded a handful of you know stuff for that movie but then of course he passed on tragedy in 97 uh so i you know we'll never know but uh I think he could have made. It. I think he would have been, had a good career. Um, now who we got? Oh, we've got Dana Carvey. No, no I got no, Dan no, Aykroyd. No. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's so bland. I already skipped him. Hello, Mrs. Potter. Yes, I The same Mrs. Potter who's vice president in charge of loans for the Franklin National Bank of Chicago. Yeah, that's me. Hey, this is for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, may I come in? What for? Uh, well, you see, ma'am, when a VIP like yourself uh-huh. comes to Moline to do business, it's customary for the company to send a gal up to the room. Compliments of Great Lakes feed and grain. <laughs> and, well, since you're a gal, the company sent me, Fred Garvin, male prostitute. <laughs> Looking back to the early days of SNL, it seems like he was probably the, had the widest range of characters, and you know the guy you could put in the most sketches is Dan Aykroyd. I feel like, yeah, probably. Uh, with all the, because he had a, he had a lot of characters. He had the, you know him and Steve Martin played those the wild and crazy wild guys. Crazy guys. Has, we just heard Fred Garvin, male <laughs> prostitute, Coneheads. He had some good impressions. The Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. One of my favorite impressions is he did Julia Childs. Yeah, that's like, great. He's, he's so tall. He got the wig. <laughs> he did Jimmy Carter, which was pretty funny. Seemed to have chopped the dickens out of my finger. Just blood splurting everywhere. One of my favorite characters, he did this sleazy guy that was always giving out some like really crappy product. And my favorite one was for Halloween oh, costumes. Yeah. <laughs> and one was like, it's an astronaut costume. You just put this plastic bag over your head. <laughs> They're all incredibly dangerous. Uh, the human torch. Yeah. <laughs> you just light yourself on fire. For yeah, so. yeah, basically. So all just really, you know, sleazy, totally crazy stuff. And yeah, he played, he played all sorts of characters. He played sleazy. He played ones with, Real optimistic, real bright, you know, just kooky. He's all over the place. Uh, he was great. I don't even. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, I feel. I do feel. I feel like after Chevy Chase was like the breakout star in the first season, and then he left. I feel like Aykroyd and John Belushi probably were the guys that kind of anchored the show. Mm-hmm. And John Belushi, yeah, he he kind of just had his one thing he could do. Well, no, that's not true. But yeah, Dan Aykroyd was, I think, the first real comedian or chameleon. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, he kind of set the standard, I think, for your Dana Carveys and your Bill Haters. Chameleon, chameleon—that's all I can think about. That's cool. That's good. 
He's kind of weird now. I knew we were going to get to this. <laughs> Sean, you like you like to talk about why Dan Aykroyd's weird? Well, he's like way into like Area 51 and like Crystal Skull theories. Like like he actually believes in the Crystal Skulls. Like the stuff that that Indiana Jones movie is based on. Is that so wrong? Though? Is that harming anyone? <laughs> That's like all he talks about now. He doesn't even like do movies. He's Does just... he have his own booze? It's not oh. served in an alien skull, is it? No, it's probably like crystal skull. It's crystal skull. Fortified. With ectoplasm in it. I don't know. Isn't his brother like an actual, like actually knows about like ghosts and stuff? Like he's a, isn't Dan Aykroyd also a paranormal expert? Well, now it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like really into the uh, like occult and then like conspiracies and weird sci-fi stuff. I feel I like that's what Ghostbusters was originally supposed to be way more like into that stuff like like the occult yeah like black magic and stuff i think so i guess because i remember for a long time they're always trying to make the third ghostbusters movie it's going to be called ghostbusters like go to hell no. <laughs> we never got that they're still trying man yeah they're still trying but bill murray's like only if you kill me in the first 10 minutes because <laughs> i don't think it'd be interesting so i don't know that they'll ever get made but he had a pretty good movie career dan Aykroyd. Um, that, he still pops up every now and then on shows and in movies and stuff. Does he? He was in the campaign with Will Ferrell. We'll be talking about it a little bit later. Yeah. All right. And Chuck, I never pronounced you Chuck and Larry. And Yogi Bear. <laughs> yeah. He's still, you know, maybe it's too much of that alien skull alcohol. I don't know. Anyway, Master <laughs> of Disguise, Dana Carvey. Chopping Broccoli song. We're hearing a little bit back there. Great, great Dana Carvey sketch. I think one of the reasons I like Dana Carvey so much is he can do so much. He can uh, he can do impressions. He's good impressions too. Pretty good. He you know he does uh, Ross Perot, George the, Bush. George Bush. Yeah, he he's a, he cracked it. You know, it's like no one knew how to do a George Bush impression. Now everyone does his George <laughs> Bush impression. He has a great uh, Johnny Carson. But he can also do all sorts of other stuff, too. You know, not just uh, impressions. And he's musically talented, which he got to do every once in a while. He'd kick out the drums or something. Or in that, with a clip we were just listening, singing. I don't know if he's actually playing piano, but he very well could have been. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He's just, he could do it all. And he's he so even, good at all, all of it. He could even be the sidekick with Wayne's World, too. Yeah, which I guess is probably his most famous I mean, maybe not on SNL, but I like in just in general, what people remember him yeah. most for is Garth, and that's a pretty good character to be remembered for. Of course, Church Lady is also pretty iconic within the realms of SNL. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ones with the catchphrases. Uh, yeah, you know, well, isn't that? He had, a, he had a ton of catchphrases. Dude. He had some he for was like the catchphrase. He had guy. some for George Bush, definitely. Naganda, thousand Wimbe points of light. <laughs> Naganda, because I have this George Bush doll. Yeah. That has actual quotes from the real George Bush, like a real audio from him. One of the things, it, that doll t- brings up Dana Carvey at least five times. <laughs> and he's like, never once did I say, not gonna do it. So he addressed that. He addressed that all the time. George Bush loved that impression, uh, but also was kind of annoyed by it because it kind of blurred the line between who 
the comedian and the real person almost in like a you know, Tina Fey's Sarah Palin or something. But it's funny that that's one of his most memorable characters because who would have thought George Bush Sr. It doesn't seem like that funny, but he just, he, like I said, he cracked it. Ross Pro is another one of my uh, my favorites. I love the one where he's uh, driving around with his running mate. He's played by Phil Hartman. Um, I don't know if you guys, you guys, does that ring any bells? I don't think I've seen that one, no. Oh, well, with like, I think it was James Stockdale was his running mate. And James Stockdale was this guy who um, was totally unqualified to be a vice president. He didn't, he was like a former general or something. He didn't really know what he's talking about. Like his famous like catchphrase from the vice presidential debates is, who am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> and in the sketch, Phil Hartman's like, he plays him crazy, Phil Hartman. <laughs> who am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> and and Ross Perot's just trying to like comment on, you know, the parts where you're just standing there not saying anything, that was world class. That was a great job. <laughs> he's driving like dump him out in the woods like you were the dog or something. But that Ross Perot was just so kooky, so so funny. Um Let's see. What else? What else we got from Dana Carvey? Uh, Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. <laughs> All right for the time. I mean, definitely spoofing on Arnold. That was <laughs> interesting, I guess. I mean, Kevin Nealon. <laughs> they just wear sweatpants. They just wear, and they want to pump you up. Yeah. I remember one time they did a sketch of Steven Seagal, and it was terrible. <laughs> As it should be. God, that was like the worst episode of S. No. I've seen definitely worse hosts than Steven Seagal. Quentin Tarantino bad host Jeff Gordon anytime they get an athlete but sometimes they, they Charles Barkley <laughs> Charles Barkley is funny he's hosted twice Peyton Manning was a big hit wasn't he was it Peyton Manning or Eli Manning that was a well big they've hit? both done it but Peyton Manning is he's got the most famous sketch where he's like coaching the kids and he's like hell pissed at him and he like chucks the ball yeah that was him. funny alright I'm you know I'm going off uh on host for some reason, but Dana Carvey, who did host a few years ago. I remember we watched it over in Ellensburg. You're probably uh, the only people watching it. I was watching it with, I think, Nancy. I don't know if you were there, Colin. Were you there? No. Okay. And this was a new episode? Like yeah, this was a couple, couple of years ago. You didn't have anything to promote, I'm guessing. No. He was just coming back he on? Does, he does specials. It's, it's a real shame that he hasn't had any kind of career after SNL. He hasn't really tried that much, though. He gave, yeah. he made one kids movie that was a flop, and then that was it. He's just, he does stand up every now and then. But uh, oh, he did have the Dana Carvey show in the '90s, which is interesting. If you go back and check that out, you could because Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell were on it, acting in all these sketches. He did a great sketch on there where there are these white supremacists that hung out outside like a barn. Oh, black people just moving in, eh? <laughs> they're like trying to do it like they're small town folk. Is messed up. Um, maybe he's just one of those guys that just that's what works for him is sketch comedy I think he was just built for sketch comedy and SNL is really the only like huge it's the only vehicle that he's best suited for I yeah. guess um, but he was yeah he was really good on that show just like our next guy <laughs> I would hope so Daryl Hammond I'm pretty sure that that would not turn out well <laughs> I turned out your mother last night <laughs> I'm ignoring you. It's a prison term. It means I've got her working as a prostitute in my employ. <laughs> my mother is infirm. She uses a walker. She is a walker. A street walker. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. 
you know, we're talking about people who are impressionists and people who more make characters, and there's people that do a little both. It's weird that Jill Hammond's one that's only like impressions. It's hard to think of him doing anything else, but uh, I can't I'm even think of any to sketches. Think, has he ever played someone who doesn't exist in real life? <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't really matter because he's one of the best impressionists they've ever had. Uh, Donald Trump, Chris Matthews, Al Gore was hilarious. It was a real exciting time watching SNL in the you know early two thousands, late nineties. Did he do Bill Clinton too? His Bill Clinton is good. Like yeah. I used to think, oh, Phil Harmon does a good Bill Clinton, but then I don't yeah. know Daryl Hammond. Well, Daryl Hammond had the thumb. He had the you know he had, he had the, yeah he had the eyebrows. Going. He looks more like Bill Clinton, yeah. you know. It sucks that he has to that he's so good at Al Gore and Bill Clinton. Yeah, because yeah, whenever he played Bill Clinton, Will Ferrell would have the Al Gore, and he was always <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but just. Some of the bits that he did with Will Ferrell as George Bush during that period of time, um, early 2000s, was just fantastic. I remember when they lived together, it was like the odd couple, you know, and uh, George Bush would be over there reading Nickelodeon magazine. He's getting mad at him. Uh, it's just a funny voice for Al Gore. Oh, I agree. I agree. Just this real, like, southern fried simpleton kind of voice. It was really, really funny. A lockbox. Lockbox. <laughs> it's just a funny word it's to the say. The one word that he uses, he'd use to. Lockbox. That's the one, yeah, it's the one word he uses to sum up his campaign. <laughs> and George Bush is his strategy. <laughs> but we'll get more into that a little bit later. And Dale Hammond had such a long uh, tenure on the uh, on SNL. I felt like he was just on, like I, I watched some interview, like he was on Conan or something. Conan was like, well, why are you sticking around so long? And he's just like, well, I got divorced. Oh, what else am I going to do? It's kind of like, what are his options? Because <laughs> yeah. if you're a good impressionist, you know, impressions, that's your thing. That's like why Frank Caliendo is having a hard time making a career for himself because he's yeah. good at impressions. He can't do other stuff. Also, I feel like he was like one of the oldest cast members to join. He was like 39 when he started. Yeah. So by the time he ended, he's 50 years he's probably, old. I think he did, yeah. It's like, what, who's going to put this 50-year-old guy in their movie? Yeah, so, I mean, this is pretty much the best gig he can get. I mean, a there lot are of always the... old white people for him to do impressions of. Exactly. They need a, that guy to play old white people. If they need any news network characters, he just plays them all, it seems like. <laughs> God, he had such a wide range of impressions. Even thinking about how he played, like, Jesse Jackson and, like, made it work. <laughs> and it was really good. Like that's crazy there was, for me. There's also that first uh, celebrity Jeopardy where he plays John Travolta instead of Sean Connery, and it's like super low key. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Now and just... no one does like old John Travolta good. They always just do. Hey, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta get to the disco. Up your nose with the rubbles. Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter stuff. So yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. That, uh, that Jeopardy one, yeah. That's that's what I'm definitely going to check out um, a little bit later. You know, it's funny. Even uh, in his later years, sometimes, you know, Don Pardo was getting real old. He'd do the Don Pardo introduction. Mm -hmm. And he's so good at that that you can't – it's like you can't even tell sometimes. He would do an impression of Don Pardo? Like if Don Pardo couldn't do it, yeah, he'd do like – you know, he'd do the opening voice. That's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Um Probably, I, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm probably probably is the best impressionist SNL had, I think. I think so. Yeah. So just because that was his thing. And just for that, I think he'll definitely I think be considered. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, for the list, classic. I got another one for you to consider. Eddie Murphy. 
It's one hell of a day in my neighborhood. A hell of a day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I hope I get to move in your neighborhood someday. The problem is, is when I move in, y'all move away. Come on up with some coke and some smoke. You bring the stash, go Robinson broke. Will you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? One of the only good things about that era of SNL, it seems like that weird kind of 1983, 1985 era, Dick Ebersol, you know, where Lorne Michaels left, and then you got Eddie Murphy coming in, and he just, it basically just became his show, it seems like. He was just such a force of nature, it seemed like, back then. Even when he's in, like, sketches that are just okay ideas, he still, like, makes them really funny. Like, I think about that one that's, like, Black History Month or something, and he's just talking to the camera. And the sketch isn't even that funny, but he's, like, messing up in it, and the audience is laughing. He's like, shut up, someone, I messed up. Quit laughing. And he's just, like, so serious about it. It's, it's Yeah, great. he did some good low-key ones. Um, another one, I think this is when he, when he came back to host in the 80s, was when he went undercover as a white person. That's my favorite Eddie Murphy sketch. Yeah, to see what it's like white, living like as me. a white person. Yeah. And like he uh, he goes on a bus, and the one black guy gets on the bus, and they all start having a party and getting out the champagne and everything. They all start like, dancing. I noticed when black people have people on around, white people just give things to each other. <laughs> he gets a free newspaper. He got the it's okay. Stands. No one's around. Just take just it. Take. He, he goes to a bank, and a guy just gives him a big stack of yeah, money. Yeah. Well, first he's talking to a black guy. He's like, you have no license, no identification, nothing. Like, you know, why should I get to you? And this white guy comes in. He's like, well, he looks at Eddie Murphy's papers. Mr. White, <laughs> I heard just, just take, take as much as you need. You know, that's a great example of him just kind of reacting to what's going around. Um, but, of course, he could also be driving uh, the sketch, especially when he's with like all his dopey voices, which I love, like Buckwheat. Remember me? Remember me? A buckwheat? Imp- like, what? <laughs> just doing that is oh, it's just so crazy. Singing his song. Looking for nub in all the wrong places. Pooking for nub. And now I'm just, just going to launch into thinking about all the sketches that I can think of. He's in James Brown's hot tub party. Ooh, hot in the hot tub. And got to pour some cold water in hot tub. He did some really good musical stuff, too. I mean, you think of the Stevie Wonder uh, Frank Sinatra thing he did with Joe Piscopo. He does a super good. He can do the voice and the, he can do the regular voice and the singing voice. I know, like spot and on. And the mannerisms. Yeah. He's, you know, it's almost a shame that when he did the sketch with Stevie Wonder, that Stevie Wonder couldn't see it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, that it's song shame. you're talking about, Joe Piscopo, uh, they were a great partnership. I love that song. Yeah, like literally, if you watch The Best of Eddie Murphy, it's like the only other person who does sketches with him is Joe Piscopo because those were just the guys during that era. Mm-hmm. No one else, no one cared about anyone else. You are dark, yeah, I might like an Eskimo pie. Let's take a bite. Great. And Gumby, which is which is such a weird character because he's like this old Jewish kind of, like, I'm Gumby, damn it. You know, like he's been doing this for like 50 years. And he's just all like grumpy. And then, you know, he's got... Pokey comes in Joe Piscopo and he's also this old Jewish guy grumpy uh, some some really interesting characters that he was behind of course we listened to um, the Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood <laughs> that was interesting just cause I don't know I feel like it was the first time SNL was able to do like black comedy 
he was kind of like the original Dave Chappelle, where you're doing, you know, comedy that's very specific to to African Americans, but it's still so wacky and out there that anyone can really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, look at a sketch like Velvet Jones School of Technology, <laughs> which can be a hoe in how to his guys look how to be a hoe by Velvet Jones. Yeah, some great voices he did. These like kind of dumb ghetto guys that were just so funny. I lo- also love the guy he plays when uh, they do the buckwheat has been shot, and he <laughs> plays like the serial murderer. And yeah. He's like, what do your dreams look like? Are your dreams in black and white? Mine are in Technicolor. Last time I dreamed about lemon pudding. Or something. <laughs> it's like, what do you dream about? Uh, yeah, that's so about. weird. <laughs> You know, it's almost a shame that he was like this comedy treasure of just the 80s and that now he's kind of like, oh, Eddie Murphy, who gives a shit? He's really he quit. Yeah, yeah, we did our podcast and he was, was he number one? Yeah. The number one actor who should quit. Which pains me because so, he was so good. I know. It's funny that our second one was Adam Sandler, another SNL <laughs> alum. Um, but yeah, I, I think Colin, you're always holding out for that Eddie Murphy you know, come back. Maybe. I guess That'd it's be, possible. Maybe. I don't maybe he'll host SNL again. That would be nice. It yeah. would have been nice when he was potentially going to host the Oscars, but then Brett Ratner had to be Brett Ratner. Yeah. And ruin everything. <laughs> oh God, that he's just a terrible. He's just a bad person. It was so weird to have Brett Ratner like resign in disgrace, and then like out of solidarity, Eddie Murphy leaves. He made Tower Heist. I. Strong I guess bond. some people like that. You know, it's supposed to be okay. So, yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Murphy. People were like, "Eddie Murphy's pretty good in this, but this movie's just really mediocre." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he'll, maybe he'll get a chance for adaptation with Hong Kong Fooey, which is he's doing nice. <sighs> <laughs> How about John Belushi? Why the hell can't you eat like everybody else? Huh? Hey, and know you talk that way about that in my house. You don't talk about Joe like that. You're so jealous of your brother. He studied to make something of himself, Buster. He had a goal. Not like you. Joe's more than just a priest, you know. Mm. He makes your mom and me real proud, I'll tell you that. Mm. Why, you can't be like Joe, I don't know. Look at your hair. Look no. at your hair. Come on, huh? Come on, my hair. Come on, my hair, huh? Come on, my hair. Yeah, we'll do what? A little taste of Samurai Night Fever. Yeah, leave it to John Belushi to make that even a sketch. He's not even like saying anything. It just make it work. That's just, like <laughs> you gotta be some sort of comic genius to make that type of concept work in a sketch yeah i mean it probably helps that he's another one of i mean like chris farley he's you know the original chris farley a great physical comedian Mm -hmm. and that he just puts like a hundred percent of all his energy into his sketches so they're real physical (laughs) like there's those weekend updates where those weekend update things where he would just come out and talk about a subject he just gets so bad and just get angry and angry until he just like collapse on the floor (laughs) 
<laughs> basically. Or like we were just listening to the Samurai Night Fever. And of course, the Samurai Delicatessen is another classic sketch where he does this. That His Samurai character, he does like terrible like Japanese even in the other one. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like making a sandwich for like Buck Henry in that one. And it's great. He's just destroying everything around him. And it's like, this isn't like a clever idea, but he makes it work just because he's such a great physical comedian and that he can do stuff like that. He's also a great singer too, actually. Yeah. The Blues Brothers. And then his his you know his classic Joe Cocker impression, which is like he's just as good as Joe Cocker. Like John Belushi could have been a singer or something. He's <laughs> yeah. that good. He can really scream. I mean the Blues Brothers went on tour and stuff. Yeah. They're they're pretty popular. I mean he has this intensity behind him. I, I've oft, I've often heard that uh like definitely from the women of SNL that it was hard to work around him because he's so intense and also he, he used to say stuff like women, you know, aren't funny and stuff like that. He was. He seemed like he had maybe a. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of ego. But, or well, that's kind of the rep SNL had. It had, yeah. it, it had this boys' club reputation. And he was the bad boy of the boys' club. So yeah. Uh, really he, sorry, we don't have any women on this <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was definitely a bad boy, and I think that probably did come through on some of his uh, sketches. I seem to recall he'd play like Sam Peckinpah and play him like really intense and like screaming and stuff. All his characters are screaming. It's kind of funny when you see him more subdued because even then you feel like there's just like something within there, like a like a madness or something. I really like his uh, Elizabeth Taylor impression mm-hmm. where they're interviewing him, but he's not even like paying attention. He's just eating a chicken. He's like, "Well, what? Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> they're trying to ask him questions, but he's just eating this chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something funny about seeing him <laughs> in drag eating a chicken. Seen him do anything? Uh, his uh, his commercial where he's, you know, running track and doing you know javelin throw, setting the world record. And then you find out it's because he eats little chocolate donuts, and he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> well, he's little donuts. And it's like a weedy. It's like box. a box with chocolate. It's like donuts. I mean, and he was he was pretty good in some of his, his movies around that time too. I mean, I love Animal House mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I think he would have had a great career. In movies, of course, another guy uh, cut tragically short. Just drugs. He's just so, you know, doing speed balls and stuff. He's another guy who's just so intense. Uh, his He lived like his characters, kind of. He's kind of like Chris Farley in that way, but in the fact that he actually did have characters. Like, he could, he could do other stuff. Mm-hmm. He was the intense guy, but he could also, he could act well and do other stuff. I can't remember, and I guess Joe Cocker, that's an impression, so he had some impressions as well. Perfectly well-rounded. Maybe like the next guy on our list. It's uh, it's Mike Myers. Yeah, maybe today. Now's the time our sprock is family dog. <laughs> That's all the Very time we have. Until next time, Kurt, 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 Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, it's a shame you can't see that clip. It's uh. Mike Myers hosting Sprockets, which is like a German kind of talk show, and he's in all black with these glasses and slick back hair, and he's doing this crazy kind of dance. That was one of my favorite Mike Myers sketches was uh, uh, Sprockets, some really kooky stuff that came out of that. I remember they were uh, so close to making the Sprockets movie. Mike Myers had a script. It was supposed to also have, I don't know when it was going to be made, mid-90s maybe, late 90s, because I remember hearing that Jack Black was supposedly had a role in there somewhere. And David Hasselhoff, but then Mike Myers is like, I don't like where this is going, and he <laughs> kind of uh, pulled the plug on that. It would about him. It would have been about him like looking for his uh, lost monkey, 
Klaus, because he's always t- asking people on sprockets, would you like to touch my monkey? Because mm-hmm. he had a monkey mm-hmm. for some reason. But of course, he's most well known for Wayne uh, Campbell and Wayne's World, which became two kind of, or at least a cla- one classic comedy movie. I don't know if you could say the other one's a classic. I enjoy it. Probably uh, the best of the SNL movies. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if you count Blues Brothers as a... I think I like Wayne's World better than Blues Brothers. You like more the Conan yeah, personally, personally. Okay, yeah. Con- I like Coneheads, but I'll admit that's not a great movie. <laughs> um, yeah, Wayne's World. And that was actually... Uh, that wasn't just a good movie. It was a good sketch. Uh, it was a good sketch as well. It was fun when they had Aerosmith on there. And they're always... I feel like it's funny on Wayne's World. They did this on uh, that Aerosmith, and then also when in the movie they met Alice Cooper. The bands always talk about like some sort of philosophical story, and you know, and Wayne and Garth are just like, yeah, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> just some, they're listening to something real inspirational. Of course, he had a great uh, rapport with uh, Dana Carvey. They did a great back and forth, you know, swing all that kind of stuff, talking about their bays, doing their lists. Uh, I love that. Uh, Mike Myers also had Simon. I don't know if you've ever seen that sketch where he's in a bathtub and he does uh, crayon drawings. Did you know my name is Simon and I like to do drawings? One of the best um, episodes of that is when he did with Danny DeVito. They, like People get in the bathtub with him. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about they talk about stuff. And of course he's got his classic the the that Jewish lady that he plays who like uh-huh. butter. That's a pretty classic catchphrase. Like butter, uh, you know. I think most people enjoy that. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> kind of struggling now. Uh, it's hard to think of a lot of his uh, Japanese game show hosts. Yeah, <laughs> he did a lot of. He did good foreign people. He, he did, you know, like he could do Japanese. Or one of his best ones was when he did the, like Scottish people. I remember he did the the soccer hooligans with Mark McKinney. They like break bottles on their head. Though I think that he played that Scottish character better when he did his uh, So I Married an Axe Murder movie. And I think that's the thing about Mike Myers. He's had, he's had such, he had a pretty solid comedy career going in movies after SNL. And that's probably better actually than his SNL career was, you know, the Wayne's World movie, So I Married an Axe Murder, so Austin Powers. Shot down by Cat and Hat. I wouldn't say it's Cat and Hat. I'd say that it was Love Guru. It was a f- uh, so you, you think he made it just a little bit longer than I do. Uh, Interesting that that he kept kind of doing the same sort of Saturday Night Live thing, playing these really outlandish characters. Yeah, that was his. That was supposed to be supposedly his thing. He'd uh, he'd spend time developing a character and then kind of trying it out, and then eventually make a movie and then take a break after that. That's what he did with Austin Powers, and that's also supposedly what he did with Love Guru. He spent a lot of time developing a character, like yeah, like he would for SNL. It just happened this one didn't work out. It all went to shit. And he hasn't really appeared in a movie since then that I can recall. Glorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards, a small role in that, yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to star in something again unless he's going to try to do another Austin Powers, which I don't know if anybody really wants that. Oh, they'll probably do it anyway, though. It's Yeah, I can see it definitely happening, though. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's one of the strongest SNL uh, cast members, but he was uh, he's very solid. Uh Especially, especially with for the, good, yeah. mostly. For good, mostly. That's always, it's always good to know. So moving on, we're gonna head on to the glue. Phil Hartman. Bachelor number one, what is your idea of the perfect date? First of all, I would push you to the ground, <laughs> pee on you, chanting "House on fire, house on fire!" Put it out, put it out. 
Then I would force you to drink antifreeze until you pass out. And then you would wake up in excruciating pain with a size 7 poop shoot. And as I said, Phil Hartman's nickname was the glue on SNL because he held, kind of held everything together. He could play so many different characters. He'd go in prosthetics all the time. Uh, a lot of, he did a lot of characters where had prosthetics. Uh, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, which was a good one. Uh, robot Repair, which is just him in this really like elaborate robot makeup. And he has to explain that Robot Repair is not a show about repairing robots. Rather, it is a show about a robot repairing normal things. And it just keeps going. They keep changing the name <laughs> of the show to try to fix it. And uh, but they never they never quite get you know uh, get it off from there. Also, uh, he's got some good impressions. Frank Sinatra was one of his memorable ones. Very vulgar, even more so if you can think than Joe Piscopo's. I kind of like both of them. I don't know which one I like better. They're both funny impressions. His Bill Clinton is pretty good. Uh, I think we addressed Jill Hammond though. Kind of uh, nailed it. Nailed it. But he he did it well too. And like I was talking earlier about his his um when he was. Ross Perot's running mate. That was very funny. Uh, yeah, he could do uh, he could do impressions. He could do it all. Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's 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 hard for me to think about all, about all of them. Uh, I don't know. How do how do you guys feel? About Phil I love Phil Hartman. Yeah. I like that he can play. I mean, he's good at doing the you know upbeat, spunky kind of guy, but he could go to such dark places like the clip we showed or the the Mister Belvedere sketch. Mm-hmm. He's very <laughs> twisted in that one. <laughs> He'd also play, I feel like, kind of smart, intellectual, uh, management type of guys, and then I've seen him play some pretty dumb characters too. I remember they used to do this bit with. Kevin Neal and then John Lovitz where they'd like sing a song or, or, or talk about something and they Phil Hartman would play Frankenstein's monster and John Lovitz would be Tonto and Kevin Neal would be Tarzan and then you know they'd be like of course Phil Hartman's just like rrr, rrr. <laughs> it's a great Frankenstein's monster impression actually uh, yeah I think that's the thing I enjoy most about Phil Hartman is just seeing him try on so many different characters and so many different looks and everything uh it's 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 interesting. I, I wonder where his career would have gone. I mean, because he was he's kind of old. He, um, when he left SNL, I feel like uh, he went on to do that news radio show, which I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, and he was uh, great on The Simpsons. But yeah. I don't. Yeah, I guess his voice acting career would have been his primary thing. Yeah. I don't know if he would have had much of a career in live been action. Zap movies. Brannigan. That he was something. he was supposed to be Zap Brannigan on Futurama, and he probably would still be working on The Simpsons and everything. Of course, he also uh, died. He was murdered by his wife. Oh my God! It just you know tragedy. Uh, but he was a great comedian and a great player on SNL. A great voice. Oh yes. Voice we all. Super know. happy fun ball. Super happy fun ball. He's he's great at commercials. He's like the Chris Parnell of that time. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about that because we were watching the best of commercials and he yeah. did like every commercial. Like Chris Parnell is like in all the the modern like ones, and then Phil Hartman's like in all the older ones. It seems like Chris Parnell only got to be fired twice by SNL. I love me some Chris Parnell. Lauren Michaels don't, <laughs> but you know what the ladies love, Tim Meadows. <laughs> Yo, what's up, mother? Where the f*** he at? <laughs> the princess and the homeboy. Oh, thank 
you not to use that kind of language in this house. Yeah, I'll thank you to shut the f up. Now go make me a mother sandwich. Tim Meadows. Kind of the ladies' one, man. The ladies' man. Kind of one that uh, right off the bat you might not think like because he wasn't as famous or big as some of these other guys. But, man, he did a lot of different things on SNL. Like, like you keep saying, the ladies' man, which is probably his best-known character, got his own movie sure of did. questionable quality, though I kind of mm, enjoy I kind of enjoy There is no it. question. <laughs> well, I just say that because I it's a guilty pleasure of mine because I love Tim Meadows so much. He's such a likable guy in any in any sketch he's doing. Um, he, he played Jingleheimer Joe in the first <laughs> sketch on SNL that I ever truly loved, the Jingleheimer Junction sketch. That kind of brings me to the first thing I think about with Tim Meadows is he, he does the straight man really well in a lot of sketches. And that, and that one, that Jingleheimer Junction one, he's kind of just reacting to all this madness. And that's even funny in itself. Or like another uh, a classic sketch that I think of where he's the census taker with to Christopher Walken. <laughs> Christopher Walken is, you know, he's the, the funny part of that. But just um, Tim Meadows' reactions to him, like, just, you know, be honest. It's just like, that's funny. He's, he's great at just kind of playing like a normal guy. Uh, which I, I really enjoy. But then you can also do the, the crazy stuff. Like we we're just listening to the princess and the homeboy just dropping F-bombs everywhere. Another one of my favorite Tim Meadows sketches is the commercial for spray-on shirt. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! He spills like a muffin on his shirt. God damn it! And then he's got the spray paint. And he's spraying out, it's burning my skin! That's how you know it's working. Thanks, spray-on shirt. Yeah. I just made out with my new boss. I feel like he didn't really start to shine until the late 90s after, like, the big guns had left, you know, the Chris Farleys and the the Dana Carveys. Because he had been on there earlier, but yeah, he he was kind of just a guy that kind of showed up in the background more often than not. Yeah, he definitely shined probably, like, 95, 6, 96, 7, 7, even maybe he'd been a little bit later, actually. He was on for quite a long time. Yeah. I feel like he was on there for like all of the 90s. He's also great whenever he'd play uh, O.J. Simpson. Yeah. I remember him showing up on uh, when Norm Macdonald's Weekend Update. Norm Macdonald had to do an O.J. Simpson joke every single time he did it. <laughs> and he'd always, you know, Tim Meadows would show up with like bloody cans. <laughs> and he'd just be so positive and And that was just great. Um, it's interesting when he's, you know, when you're one of the only black guys on that show, when they did Fat Albert behind the music. And he was like oh, practically all the characters except for Fat Albert, which was Tracy Morgan. He was, you know, um, like, oh, what's the guy with the purple mask on his face? From there's so many characters in Fat Albert. Is that Dumb Donald? Dumb Donald. And then he did a great mush mouth. Oh, I was on crackba. <laughs> I was just lucky to be a lava. <laughs> I yeah, I just love how he can be low-key normal and then just like dumb or crazy uh i don't know how many impressions he could do that i think about i think i saw him play like billy d williams once <laughs> and again you know i don't know but he was he was uh I, i've always had a soft spot for him he's just so likable he just seems like such a great guy uh his career since snl hasn't been to stand out but, bit parts on the Colbert Report, you know, yeah, bit parts here and there. He's in Walk Hard. Walk Hard. You may remember. He was on the uh, was he was a regular on the the Bill Engvall show. Even Stevens. Movie. Even Stevens. Mean <laughs> Girls. Oh yeah. He he shows up, and I always like seeing him show up. 
He'll probably never get the respect and credit that I think he really deserves. Is, is the Bill Ingvall show also the one that Jennifer Lawrence was on? I think so. This is a lot of talent for yeah. the Bill Ingvall show. <laughs> it changed the way we look at things. Is that good? Yeah, I think we definitely consider Tim Meadows. And when I'm thinking about that, how about you think about this? Tracy Morgan. Uncle Jemima's Pure Man Schlicker has a 95% alcohol content, and that's volume. What the hell does that mean? That means you get f***ed up for less money. <laughs> Ooh, brother, uh, buy some of my Pure Man Schlicker, and let's show that old bitch that there's more to this world than just making pancakes. Oh, you shut up, woman! You're not gonna ruin this for me! What you swatting at? Uncle Jemima's down-home mash liquor. More fun than pancakes. I just wanna make liquor! I love how he plays Aunt Jemima as well. As Uncle Jemima. I like that they, it's Uncle Jemima. They couldn't come up with a name. <laughs> I feel like that sketch gets better on repeated viewings just because you can't hear half the stuff he's saying because it's such a weird... <laughs> well, all of Tracy Morgan's characters were so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Fellows is another one of his classic characters. This uh, host of this kind of safari animal show, but he's you know so dumb. He's like a little kid. And he like hates animals. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't put that pointy rat thing at me. You know, he just... Uh, <laughs> that was great. You ever see a sketch where he played this homeless man who lives in the sewers? I think he brought Britney Spears down there once, and he's like trying to show her his play and his screenplay. Yeah. He's got like this whole—he's got like this pretend phone and pretends like it's oh, it's Hollywood, Colin. I feel like all his characters are like crazy or drunk or, <laughs> which is funny because when you you kind of heard you know later that Tracy Morgan was kind of like that in real life so yeah. I wonder if that made him easy to write for or hard to write for I don't even know it just he's such a character himself that it was easy for him to just be silly doing anything on SNL uh, he you know he, he um in his early years he really didn't get to do much actually he only kind of showed up every now and then I think even later on he was just kind of a I don't know he wasn't in a, a bulk of sketches but the ones he did have he always he always shined in those Fat Albert we talked about. Fat Albert, yeah. <laughs> he smoked so much crystal meth, he thought he was the green hornet. Brown hornet. Brown hornet, that's right. Um, Did he do any impressions? Fat Albert? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, I don't, I doubt he did any well. Yeah. Though that would probably be the, the kind of the hilarity of it is that he's... You just Tracy Morgan kind of plays different variations of himself, you know. And I think they're that, usually funny. Yeah, I think that's why he's worked so well out on Thirty Rock is because he just kind of plays himself, like maybe slightly exaggerated. He's just a funny guy in general, and I think that that definitely shone through on SNL from time to time. Uh, I'm not particularly knowledgeable about his SNL um, career considering he was a late addition to this list. I didn't get the time to do the valued research I'd have liked to, so I'm trying to go on the back on, on some memory. Um, oh, he had Louis, Louis Armstrong once. Did he? 
Do you remember that sketch that was composed of? It was like a band in heaven of all dead people. Val Kilmer was Jim Morrison, and he was Louis Armstrong, and he's in the band. But he's the reason that th- there was uh, some early problems in the band because he got reincarnated as a stump. <laughs> so then they just had a stump with like a like a trumpet, uh, and he was he did that pretty good. He has funny voices, so yeah. So he had that going for him. Funny, funny voices. Another guy who might do funny voices. Will Ferrell, maybe? maybe. Now then, forsaken soul, open thine ears and slake thy thirst on the music that can force kings to their knees yeah. and oceans to boil. Behold the song that'll take you to the top of the charts. All right. There's a guy named Fred and he's got a pair of slacks. Ooh, Fred's got slacks. Really quite sharp, but they're a little tight in the waist. Ooh, Fred's got slacks on the boulevard. Hold on a second. I think it's out of tune. Man, I mean, I don't want to miff you, but I, that sucked. I said the guitar was out of tune. Sorry. Underrated sketch, I think. That's one of it. That's great. I will Fer- what to say about Will Ferrell? Yeah. <laughs> where, do you, where do you start on this? This guy has three best ofs. It's bizarre to me, like, looking back that he is on SNL. Like, he's so, so huge now. Mm-hmm. That, like, I was just watching his episode of The Office, and just like, man, he was he was available to me every single week, and I didn't take advantage of that. I know, he just knocked out every single character, every single sketch he was ever in. He just always brought it with it he had so much confidence making such a fool of himself and he's another one of those guys where i kind of thought like we mentioned this with bill Hader earlier like when it comes to impressions it's not that his impressions are really great he just takes them to such a ridiculous place like his harry carry harry carry doesn't really quite sound like that <laughs> a harry carry well, it's a simple question would you eat the moon if it was made out of ribs <laughs> I wish I had a hot dog machine made endless hot dogs. He's just, it was totally insane. His George Bush is classic. I mean, it's from that, that's the, that, that's, that's the SNL I feel like I really grew up with. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the early 90s SNL, but this was the one I was watching week to week was him playing George Bush. Him, you know, reading Nickelodeon magazine, saying stuff like strategery. You know, being mad. Why are all the adults fighting? I remember they did like a, like a White House soap opera sketch where he was like a little kid practically uh, he just so captured the hilarity of George Bush and a lot of great original characters too they had the Spartan cheerleaders uh, his the cowbell guy cowbell guy that sketch is so good because it's like Will Ferrell just totally serious at the top of his game and so is Christopher Walken. Like, both of them are just bringing it in that scene, just going head-to-head, and it's so funny. You can't really blame Jimmy Fallon for not being for able to crack up. It. He's like, you know, Christopher Walken going, I got a prescription. I got to have more cowbell, baby. I got to have it. Yeah, he's just got his gut kind of hanging out. <laughs> you know my favorite part of that was he gets really mad, and he just goes up to, you know, I guess Chris Parnell was the lead singer, and he just got the cowbell right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just so mad. Oh, when I was talking about impressions, I almost forgot James Lipton. 
It's so good. It's not even like the real Jesus. And then he, it's like he this... went on to star in the greatest television show in the history of mankind. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the new class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, James Lipton would always talk to the dumbest people like Dustin Diamond or Charles Nelson and Riley. And he'd always act like it was the greatest <laughs> thing ever made by humans. <laughs> It is like staring into the face of God and hearing him say, yes, you are my greatest creation. I still use the word that he created, scrumtrulescent, to describe, I think it may have been Troll in Central Park, (laughs) Charles Nelson Riley film. Oh, man. It's just every time he just, you see him, it's like, oh, man, you know this is going to be good. Like, we were watching that Best of Commercials, which was... We're watching like the second installment, which was mm-hmm. iffy. But every time he showed up, I was like, "Oh, you know this is gonna be good." Is that one where he wants to kill a dog for you? He's like, "I've put down twenty nine yeah. dogs." He's playing a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let a human being do this to you. And there's Chris Parnell like in a, a speedo going yeah, up and humping, humping people. people. <laughs> I've killed. I've put thirty dogs to death. <laughs> or that one where he take like acid in his cereal. He's funny. <laughs> He's just he's he's the great all around. He's got the funny impressions, he's got the great characters. He's his movement is funny. He looks funny. You also see like the beginnings of the Will Ferrell persona where he is just playing these just totally out there characters like that doctor sketch where he's mm-hmm. I can't even remember what he's saying, but it's just <laughs> totally weird stuff. And then the Bill Brasky, of course. Oh, Bill Brasky. He's got some of the best best little bits in there. Are there's the the lovers character in the hot tub with Rachel Dutch? Eat goose meat with my lava, lava, and they big feed each other and they be all gross. He's always really hairy. Do you remember that one where he like poses for an art class and he's all like hairy and gross and fat and stuff? <laughs> or now I'm thinking about that sketch where he was just like born as like yeah. a grown man. He's <laughs> <laughs> always taking his shirt off. He looks so funny with his shirt off. Oh man, he's. I'm having trouble thinking of all the characters because there's so many of them. Robert is Robert Goulet. <laughs> oh man, it's Al Gore's not very good. There's, there's one thing. <laughs> I'm just putting that there. Demarcus. He didn't play the straight man too often, but he did do it in the Jeopardy sketches, which he actually did a good job of. You know, so uh, he showed that he could do that. It just when you have Will Ferrell, you want to use him to his full potential. So you usually want to give him something. Totally off the wall and something totally ridiculous. Night at the Roxbury guys. Night at the Roxbury guys, sure. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, oh, man. And I feel like it, it means so much to me because, like I was saying, that's the SNL that I grew up with, kind of. That's the one that I, I've known the most was the Will Ferrell SNL. And I feel like we've always been kind of, you know, fans of him. We were, you know, we were going to go see Zoolander. Back, we, we, were, we were right on with his movie career. Like, yeah, we're, he's going to be sweet. And uh, he's had um, a lot of a lot of good movies. A lot of eh. I've always said though, I, I don't. He's, he's made always, some bad movies. He's always funny, but I feel like he's always been good in everything I've ever seen him in. I mean, even stuff that's terrible. I think he's always he always brings it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we all really like some of the stuff that gets panned, like Step Brothers. I feel like was pretty unpopular with critics. I like Land of the Lost. You know that <laughs> God, he was so funny in that. Than me. Yeah, and uh, Blades of Glory, which isn't a great movie. He was hilarious in that, though. You know, he's, I was trying to get us to watch Semi-Pros. I always, yeah, actually, that's one that was like 
critically trashed. I love that. I thought that was hilarious. He's great. He creates great characters, too. I mean, a lot of them are sort of <laughs> pretty much variations on the kind of macho man boy. Man boy. Uh, but it's such a great character that I never tire of it, and I can't wait for this new Anchorman that's coming out next next year, or next summer. I don't remember, but oh man, that is going to be a treat. He's just so great, and I think he'll earn a pretty good spot on this list. So it's yeah. time down to list making time. We got thirteen. Oh my God! Oh my How God! Are we gonna do this? Oh my God! <laughs> I think uh, probably Bill. Bill Murray. Murray. As much as we love the guy, so weird. Bill Murray's the first one off the list. Mm-hmm. This is the only list where that could be the case. Probably, unless we're doing shittiest actors of all time, <laughs> which I don't know why we nominate him, but uh, other ones, other ones. It's gonna be tough for Bill Hader because he's a newer guy. Mm-hmm. It's gonna he, be tough. He's there during the weaker years. He's yeah. He's on a not good, not not great era of SNL. Okay, passable. And I don't even feel like he's featured a ton in the show. Mm-hmm. I feel like the stars of the recent years has been more like Kristen Wiig and I guess Andy Samberg. Andy Fred Samberg, Armisen. yeah. Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as much as we love him, probably probably won't quite make the top ten. Maybe. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't know about Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan's too. another one. Another I think Tracy one. Morgan's gone. Oh, Mike Myers. Okay, so we're getting rid of Tracy Morgan because he like we just put him on at the yeah. last second. And you're like, oh, let's have one more guy to talk about. Just because we like that mash liquor thing. I don't know. I also feel iffy about Mike Myers now. That I think because I just think about Sprockets. I love Sprockets so much, but it's hard to think of other ones. And Bill Hader, I think of like Clint Eastwood. I think of we were just watching the Dateline clip. Like he probably makes me like laugh more than Mike Myers does. I don't know how do you guys feel about Bill Hader, you know, as you know, to Mike Myers. I like them about That's equally. Tough. Yeah. I wonder what Nancy has to say. What do you think about that, Nancy? About those two guys? I don't know. I feel like Mike Myers is, you know, so classic that you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Him. I mean, like Wayne's World is, and it's a good sketch. It's not like a really laugh out loud, but it's 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 clever. It's likable. I just feel like he's got more memorable characters than Bill I think Hader. that's I think that's a good point. Yeah, memorable characters because Bill Hader doesn't really have. I mean, he has some, but he's never gonna he's never gonna get a movie off off of any of them or something <laughs> like that. You're never gonna see Vincent Price the movie or that Italian guy he plays. Uh, Avita Verci. I don't even know. I don't even remember the hell his name. <laughs> Not even a great sketch. He's just sort of funny in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So probably Mike Myers gets the edge. I think you bring up a good point with the characters. All right. Wayne's, I mean Wayne, Wayne Campbell and and uh, Sprockets. Man, a few that's, words that, that sells me. Where to go, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> He's sneaky. He's got quite a bit of influence. Well, we Mike Myers him. was on the line. So does that make him our number ten? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I probably see Tim Meadows a little lower too, as much as I love him, just because I don't know. It's hard. He's up against some of the guys classic. You know, classic characters, classic uh, p- featured players, and you know, every and whatnot, and all that stuff. Yeah, he doesn't have as many of those iconic roles. Yeah, I'd probably put him next. Yeah, so we can we can do that. I I mean personally, I'd have Daryl Hammond a little lower too, around yeah, or somewhere around fair. here. Yeah, 
Anyone opposed to that? Yeah, I would put Dan, Dan Aykroyd pretty low, personally. Mm. Do you say put Daryl Hammond this low? Yeah. Uh, I want him. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean, this isn't his fault, but it's also like he's on like some pretty bad incarnations of SNL, you know? Well, yeah, but he was on like six different incarnations of SNL. Like, I felt he was there just uh, like the same period of time as Tim Meadows was, wasn't he? Like, Basically. yeah, roughly. Like, like yeah. early '90s to Tim Meadows is a like little yesterday, a little earlier, but yeah, basically. Last week, yeah, I'm pretty sure he he'll still like show up because he like sleeps in the studio. He shows up, yeah, still, he's still kind of, especially if they need Bill Clinton, he's gonna show up. And I mean, like he, he's the best impressionist, as you said, SNL's ever had. Mm. So yeah, I guess, I guess so. Oh, this is tricky. I mean, I guess I could put Dan Aykroyd lower. I like him a lot. He's a likable guy. That's his whole. St- I just feel thing. like we mentioned yeah. so many characters that he had. Uh, but how many of them are truly great? I don't know. How many? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough when you compare someone who does characters as opposed to someone who does impressions. That's why it's so hard for me to rank Daryl Hammond. Because some of these other people, like I probably wouldn't even know who Chris Matthews is if it wasn't for Daryl Hammond. <laughs> well, that's your fault for not watching the news. That's not news. I guess it's not. <laughs> That's really. The yelling people. It's just him talking real loud. Uh, man, man. Woo. This is well, really hard. Are we agreeing that it's one of those two for the next spot? Is there anyone else you would put down there? Seven and eight spots. I'm not as high on Phil Hartman. I'd put Phil. I'm thinking Phil Hartman like the six hole, maybe. Six if, hole. He, if we can fit him in. Above maybe. The two six we're or seven. Right now. I, don't, I don't feel him eight, but I feel him seven, maybe. Seven, yeah. So. Personally, I, I, I for me, the he, I like, I like him a little more than Dan Aykroyd. I love Dan Aykroyd, but I like, I love Phil Harmon. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel Daryl Hammond's a little lower personally. I mean, comparing Daryl Hammond to Phil Hartman and Dan Aykroyd, some of the most classic SNL players there uh, there's ever been. I mean, is it, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like I said, it's tough to rank them when one is a kind of a different. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Hammond is kind of an unsung hero when when you think about, it. you know, because Dan Aykroyd went on and became a huge movie star. Mm-hmm. And Daryl Hammond just will not just did his duty. We're, we're pretty pretty sure that he's. You know, I, I'm willing to put Phil Hartman lower just for the sake of saving some time. Well, I think I would put Phil Hartman above Daryl Hammond. It's just I would put Daryl. Uh, Dan Aykroyd in the eighth spot. See, there's, there's, there's the rub. Oh man. <laughs> Let's just put Dan Aykroyd in anything. Okay. These guys are being difficult. I'm a young man. It's okay. The Dan Aykroyd I think of is the lovable loser in Ghostbusters. Not even really the Blues Brothers. Not Fred Garvin, male prostitute. No, I. I yeah, I just, that that's was. the thing that's <laughs> like I feel like that's those characters are so much better uh, than Daryl Hammond, even his impressions. Uh it's it's it. I just it's weird for me to have Daryl Hammond like high on this list. <laughs> I kind of know what not you're even, saying. It's not even high though. It's like six. I know, seven. but we're talking about. 
I guess I just relate to Daryl Hammond more than I do Dan Aykroyd because, like, Sean, like, I didn't really watch those. It's just, like, as good as he has been, I, I guess, uh, at impressions. I mean, he's. I just feel like he's been on so many, in so many bad sketches that he hasn't, like, saved. Like, he hasn't, like, like it's still been bad. He's still doing a good impression. I just don't, I don't understand. I just feel because like I've watched so much yeah, SNL of the past, like, years. So it's his and I like And I like them, but. So if he would have, if he would have quit earlier then he would have been a better cast member i mean it's hard to say maybe yeah i mean it's tough because like what I, I was saying I he's never don't... in a good period of snl except for the early 2000s like 2099 or 2000 2001 wasn't he in the late 90s yeah he was in the late 90s that's a good period i could live with him in the 80s though. it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me whatever i'm done it's daryl okay, hammond good. it's daryl hammond after all yeah, I just I, re- I really feel Dale Hammond at the next spot. Uh, I just don't understand that he's never been in a good period of SNL, but he was like in the exact same time as Tim Meadows and all those guys. I just mean in the later years that he was on, like he was still doing good he, impressions, but the sketches weren't that funny. But like, I don't, I don't think that's his fault though. I don't think it should detract from him just because he wanted to keep being on SNL forever and ever. I mean, ever. I don't know, but Eddie, Eddie Murphy was in some bad periods of SNL, but he was still so good in what he did. And I feel like Daryl Hammond was still in sketches that he wasn't saving, really. Yeah, like, to be honest, I do, like, when I think of Daryl Hammond, I think of, like, uh, a sketch about Al Gore that's, like, 11 minutes long, but it should have been, like, three minutes long, and they just had to stretch it out because it's SNL. They got, like three hours to fill or something ridiculous i i see where john's coming from i mean i I don't think daryl hammond has as many funny sketches as his talent uh, would suggest he would have had just because you know he kind of rose to prominence when all the really great people of that era moved on I mean, we came up with a lot of good impressions, but we didn't come up with as many good, like, individual sketches. Mm-hmm. That was tough to do. Yeah. So, eight spot seems fine. But okay. then, uh, then I think <laughs> Phil Hartman Brain. is above Dan Aykroyd. I can live with that. Okay. So, it's top five time. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh... Dana I think I'd uh, put Dana Carvey next just because um, I think some of his more catchphrase-based characters don't hold up as well. Like, the sketches aren't, like, that funny. Seems like he's, like, play into the audience a little bit too much. I don't know. I agree. Hey, but he, nice. he definitely was a guy that was kind of built for SNL, and he, he, he did a great job when mm-hmm. he was there. He definitely did. Oh, uh, man. Next. <laughs> What do you guys think? Oh, <laughs> probably for me it's the Belouche. It's tough for me to think about because I'm thinking like I'm thinking Farley too, but like I love Farley so much. Though he's like as as we we discussed, he doesn't have like a range of characters. Mm-hmm. He plays one character again and again, but he plays that character so he's damn got well. A lot of memorable sketches. He's so funny. Yeah, it's tough. I think Belushi could do a lot of of different types of comedy. I think. Yeah, he's he's definitely a more diverse comedian. <laughs> and SNL was kind of, I don't know, kind of 
where he really shined brightest as a as a comedic talent. It's true for both of them. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I love I love Lucy, but I think I might I'd give Farley the edge for me. That's right. I had the best of Chris Farley and, and watched yeah. it all the time. And I watched it with you all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bring it to birthday parties apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. So John Belushi at four. Do we do Chris Farley at three? Is that it? Uh, I don't what know. What do you guys think about Chris Farley or Eddie Murphy? See, it's tough again. I love that Chris Farley character so much. I like a lot. And I, I've seen way more. But the Eddie Murphy, oh God, he can do so much. It's like so hard. I haven't hard. seen a bad sketch with Eddie Murphy. Not yet, yeah. Or at least one where he's not doing something really. And it's not always the same thing. It's always different. He played a Jewish guy. When does a black guy ever played a Jewish guy in a really funny way? I mean, it's tough because I think he's the better cast member, but then I always have to think in terms of, oh, but this is like our group list. And uh, we probably have more years watching Chris Farley and enjoying his shtick than Eddie Murphy. I don't know. I, the little I've seen of Eddie Murphy alone is so damn good. I mean, the thing for me, I remember my first uh, introduction to SNL was actually that like 25th anniversary show they did. And they would show the different clips from all the eras. And I feel like the Eddie Murphy ones were really the ones that drew me into the kind of edgy humor that this show is capable oh, yeah. of. So he kind of has a nostalgic place for me in a weird way. That White Like Me sketch is one of my favorites the show ever did. Yeah, so it funny. was. It just shows how cutting edge the show could be, too. You know, I was time. just going to say that cutting edge, I feel like that's real, that's real important because only so many people could do... I don't know if anyone else really could do that on SNL aside from some of the earlier guys, you know, made comedy that was cutting edge. I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot of subversive stuff in the early years, I think. And that was kind of what made the show a big draw is that they were doing the... Kind of edgy comedy that no one had really seen before, and Eddie Murphy was definitely doing something that Amer- that white America had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And Chris Farley, eh, it doesn't seem kind of as important, really. Fat guy doing cartwheels. Yeah, it's funny. It's great. Breaking tables. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta give Eddie Murphy the edge. It's a really hard decision. It's a really hard decision, but I gotta. You know, because if, if I had to go watch some SNL right now, I definitely just want to check out more of his more of his stuff. Wow, he's just amazing. Now, there's even this one I saw the other day where it was like his first season, and he showed up doing this thing where he's talking about how Abraham Lincoln never actually signed the <laughs> Emancipation Proclamation. So technically, black people are slaves and whites are their slave owners. It's just <laughs> lots of good stuff in there. Make it ha- make it so. Colin. All right, I'm with you on that Chris one. Farley on number three, Eddie Murphy at number two. I think we all knew this was coming. There's never any question in my mind. Will Ferrell, just he he was so good for all the years he was on it, and he was on it for a pretty long time. Considering, I'm sure he had offers to do movies while he was doing SNL, but I, I think he really loved it. He just made it look so easy somehow. Yeah, infinitely charismatic, always likable. Oh my god! Oh Thank my god! Three SNL best ofs. Three. <laughs> That's so much. How, like, how, like those tapes are like ninety minutes long. Oh my god! 
So good. So funny. I think we can read it off, right? All right. So our top 10 SNL cast members ever, or at least so far. I'd like to thank uh, number 10, Mike Myers. Number 9, Tim Meadows. Number 8, Daryl Hammond. Number 7, Dan Aykroyd. Number 6, Phil Hartman. Number 5, Dana Carvey. Number 4, John Belushi. Number 3, Chris Farley. Number 2, Eddie Murphy. Number 1, Will Ferrell. Thanks to you, the fans. It's been a hell of a week. We'll see you next week. I love you guys. I love America. <laughs> <laughs>